Oh, my goodness. All right now, y'all. Y'all got brownie points on that one. <laughs> I'm having a hard time not just laying on the floor and staying there because the presence of God was so good. So I've got two little short announcements. And one is I need the worship team to be ready at about a quarter till. I want you guys to come back up. The other one is, can I get some water? Because I'm like dry. My throat's dry. I, um... It's, come on, Nate. I love him. It's so weird because I spent so many hours just asking God. I always ask God because I always feel like, man, you know, how did I get to this place where I could just speak to people? What if I got to say? And I talk all the time, so I figure everybody's heard every sermon I've ever had probably. But my, um, my heart is so floored. As I spend time in the Word and God starts to minister into my heart with words that I've seen before, but they resonate brand new. And today I came in and the worship, during the worship time, God was rewriting me along with rewriting, thank you dear, along with rewriting everything and I just start to think about the prodigal son's the prodigals that are coming home. And I saw for a moment every person that we have ministered to, every person that is a son or a daughter that we have told about the goodness of God, I saw them flooding into places of worship all across the nation. They were not just your sons and daughters that you gave birth to, but they were the people that you've told, that you took a moment and spent a moment and just said, I want to tell you about Jesus, or you demonstrated Jesus, or maybe you set aside time to pray for them. They're coming home. I was reminded of, um, I was reminded of Michael Dalton when he said to me, and I was sitting back there, and he said to get ready, mama. I see your sons coming home. He said, you, got, you need to get a house ready. I was living in an apartment where I was pretty much, it wasn't Section 8, but low-income housing and uh, probably just loaded with whatever I thought I could keep because in my heart, you know, always getting ready for that next drama, making sure I have enough. And, and I immediately heard in my heart, now it's time. And I started preparing to move. I, we were all, they were renovating Forest Park anyway, so I decided I'm going to move, but I figured it'd be two years or so. But when I heard that word, I remember thinking that urgency was happening. And I've lived in that house, and in the last six months, each one of my sons has come and stayed at least a month in the house with me. One of the things that's so powerful about that, and I'm going to skip because I've got lots to say, but the... One of the things that was so powerful about that is last night, I wish I could, if I was better at video stuff, you guys would be seeing some stuff because I take pictures of everything. I bet I've got a picture of every one of you at some point. But last night, my son, the worship was going in the house and I just, the presence of God was there. And I just watched my son walk from the kitchen. And this is a son that normally, I'll get that, normally I am, trying to convince him to hear. And for this whole time, he's been staying with me for about a month now. And the whole time, I didn't feel the privilege. It was almost like God telling me to zip it 
and I, I said, how do I reach this kid? He's getting ready to move to Chicago. And my heart's feeling it because he's going to go to Chicago. And the worship was playing. And that song was like an hour. He walked over to the corner standing by the kitchen. And he watched the worship. And I saw an expression on his face like, I need you, God. And I began to talk to him. And I just softly said, God, that presence that you're sensing right there, that's what you need. That's who you need. He's the answer for the questions you've got in your mind. And I didn't say anything else. I backed off and I wrote Sally real quick. And I said, Sally, he's standing in front of the door. He's just standing there just, just in the presence of God. And for more than 20 minutes, he stood and was just caught up in that worship. And the power of the words of the living God, he was the deliverer. He was the salvation. He was the conqueror. He's just hearing it. And they were so prophetic. They were just going, whatever words came out. And I knew he was being ministered to. It wasn't just me. And I was sitting there and I thought to myself, God, you do answer. Every one of those sons that came home, I'm watching how God is taking them and he's transforming how they're seeing God. And not only that, then my son Malachi went up to the upper room the other night and he comes home and tells me about this kid that's there, that's now a drummer and he's hanging out with him and, and he's naming this guy. He says, he says he knows you. And this was a kid from my youth group years ago when I was youth pastor. Let me tell you something. If there was somebody, I would have said they probably won't ever get there. It would have been this kid. He had Tourette syndrome. Suddenly, he start cussing everybody out. He, I mean, he made people so mad, people just wanted to beat him up. It was just that way. But he heard the message to come to church by my son Mario. And he came with Mario to church. And he would sit on that front row cussing everybody out with his hands up in the air. And I couldn't figure out what God was going to do with that. You know, it was just that kind of church. You know, you could have been thrown out. But we allowed him to come in and be a part. And I just heard Malachi say that this kid is so on fire for God right now. And he is like a master drummer. All a result from the days when we just didn't look at people. And then I started to think about last week I was in here and how, you know, how I was in the presence of God and God was just all over me and I just felt like, mm, mm, mm. God, what are you going to do today? Is that what you're going to do God morning? And I walked up to the front. God gave me a word for some people. And I just thought to myself, oh, this is powerful. New people, never seen them before. God, you're going to reach these. Ugh. I was so fired up. And I got to the front and I started to minister to them. And then I noticed that it was a couple that were same sex. And I know that might not be something everybody wants to hear, but my heart, every one of my whistles went off. What? What do you mean? No one here. They started hugging and all this other kind of stuff. And, my, and everything in me started going off. I started getting mad. I wanted to tell them something. I started looking for somebody to tell something. And I remember that God had given me a word for them before I got to them. It wasn't only for them he gave the word, but it was for me. 
And the word that God gave to them was so powerful, I saw tears come to their eyes. And I saw them sit down. And all of a sudden, I started walking to the back. And I went, how do I forget that Christ paid so great a cost for me? That I was such a mess that people wouldn't let me in the doors of a church. That they directed me to the door and tried to get me to leave because I had on the wrong outfit or I had children with me and I didn't have a husband. And they just wanted to find out what kind of a person I was that I fit the quality. And I just never knew that I could never fit in the presence of God because I never was really qualified. And that burden to know that God had paid such a price for me. I can't decide that someone can't be in the midst. That kid, he can be in the midst because God loved him. I don't have the power to save him. Jesus' blood has the power to cleanse him and change his words. How does Tourette syndrome, something that could not be cured, leave and a person become full of fire and worship a living God, except the presence of God is so powerful that it just falls where it wants to. And we just have to be obedient and not be afraid to take that presence of God. Now, if I could this morning, what I would do is I would lay down here on this floor and just stay in his presence. And I would not leave it. And I know that God has more. He has more. I'm not even sure if what I've got to say to you is going to be worth what you can hear, but if you will listen beyond the person, Sandra, who might go country on you and maybe speak a little street slang and you don't know what I'm saying for a little while, if you can get past all that and just rest in the presence of God this morning, I believe God is going to meet you somewhere. First thing is I'm not going to go by agenda. I'm not a preacher in the sense that I um, know how to put it all together. I can put the three points together, but I don't stay on that. I ask God, what do you want to do at this moment? And I just don't mind being old enough to say, I can do whatever God tells me to do at that moment. And I will gladly do it, even if it's a little uncomfortable for people. So first thing I'm going to do is put my glasses on. These are new glasses. These are new. They don't have the lights on them like the other ones. I don't know if you remember the ones I had with lights on. Hopefully they're not too smeared. First of all, I want to tell you, if you have... I have some words that I heard overnight. If you have heart palpitations, that as I say these things, I just want you to think. I don't want you to get up or do anything yet. Heart palpitations, pain in your shoulders, neck, and upper back. Today, a heavy weight will be lifted off of your shoulders. Pain in the left knee, ribs out of place. Difficulty sleeping, laying hands on the, lay your hands on an organ. Don't do it yet. I want you to lay your hands on an organ that is bothering you. There was so many organ pain things that came up that I just said, I'm just going to say organs. If you have one that's out of whack, pancreas or anything, I just want you to lay hands. If you can figure out where that is, lay hands anywhere. Um, swelling anywhere, ringing ears. Dizziness and weakness in the body. Lingering pain in an area where you had a broken bone. 
someone that's just facing difficulties that cause you to fear and tremble, someone with pressure in your head, mm, and I'm hearing that's being healed right now. It may have been, some of this could have been healed in the worship. Someone with a blood disorder. Now, I was afraid to say that one. The enemy immediately attacked me when I started thinking of that. I had a daughter who had blood illness, and she passed away. And sometimes that's the hardest one for me to grasp. But you know what? No. If you have blood illness, cancer, anything hematological, you have to see a hematologist. I need you to remember to just, this is the hour of your healing. And someone who has twisted, I couldn't figure what that meant, except I saw the ankles doing like this, just falling over. That their ankles, they walk and their ankles kind of bend over. And if you have any one of those things, I want you to stand up. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Whew. And it was a lot mentioned. If you have ever had any of these things and you have been healed, I want you to be praying right now. I want you to be praying for the people who are standing. And when you're done praying, I want you to declare, Phil, would you come for just a moment, please? Hmm. 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 What to do with this moment? What to do with this moment? I believe that right now, the power of God to heal you has been released in this room. Remember that the presence of God is a person. It's not an it. He was already here. And we just came into his presence. So I want you to know that he's here to heal. But Phil, I want you to... We just command in the name of Jesus for every sickness to leave, be gone, any spirit of infirmity and anything else accessing or partnering with this, I just, we just cast you away in the name of Jesus and we declare every body be healed in the name of Jesus. Lord, we speak in the name of Jesus for the healing power of God to move through this room. I just release the healing oil from heaven to begin to flow on every head. And as it flows on the head, that it would start moving down the shoulders. Lord, we release the healing oil to flow in the name of Jesus. Lord, we speak these may have been long-term conditions or short-term conditions. But Lord, in Jesus' name, we declare, be healed. Be healed in the name of Jesus. Be healed in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Lord, we release your healing virtue. We release your healing power. We prosecute the full victory of what Jesus Christ did on the cross against anything in your body that is not right in the name of Jesus. We declare, be gone. Pain drain in the name of Jesus. Get out. New organs. New organs. We reach up to heaven in the spare parts, and we just put new organs in in the name of Jesus. Whatever that situation or circumstance, we speak to tinnitus and any other condition, every heaviness. Lord, ankles be healed in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, God. Blood issues, be healed in the name of Jesus. Come, Holy Spirit, just move across this room. Just the heaviness of your presence on every head. Lord, as you bring healing, you are our healer. We thank you. We thank you, Jesus. You love to heal us. We receive that right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Father.
Okay, now we're going to activate. And what I want you to do is I want you, I know I haven't even started the message yet, but I'm not going to go past this. God wants to heal, and I'm not going to walk past this. Right now, if you can, I would like you, Jared, I want you to play some music. I want people to come to the front, and I want you to start walking. I want you to walk one time around this building, not seven, but just once. Can we do that? Okay. If you have stand, if you stood up this morning because of anything that's tackling you, I'm going to ask you to get a little bit uncomfortable and come out of your seat and come forward. And I just want you to walk in the name of Jesus with every step. It's a prescription for your healing. And then we're going to see who has had a change in their physical body. Hallelujah. And don't be all shy thinking, oh, it's too many of us. Jesus healed the whole world. His purpose came for the whole world. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on now. The rest of y'all, y'all want to walk? You're welcome. Hallelujah. You can stand in for someone. Just walk around one time. Thank you, Jesus. God, we declare that heart palpitations. They have to line up right now with the beat of the heartbeat of Jesus for you. We speak healing. Pain in the shoulders and neck and upper back. We just declare right now that heavy weight be lifted off in Jesus' name. Pain in the left knee or right knee, we declare right now that the knee, cartilage, and all of the bone structure be healed in Jesus' name. We cancel the assignment of ribs that are out of place, God, and out of joint. We just say, line up right now in Jesus' name. Any difficulty sleeping, we just declare that God has let us know that he is with us and will never leave us. He is the peace that surpasses understanding. And we declare peace and sleep. God, we just lay hands on the organ that's bothering us right now. And we just declare Holy Spirit fire go in and repair that organ in Jesus' name. And the swelling, we just declare that all fluid just come out of the body and that we line up, that our heart regulate, that our blood pressure regulate in Jesus' name. And we speak healing right now in Jesus' name. Ringing ears, we declare that they hear the trumpet sound of Jesus, that they hear the roaring lion of Jesus, but they don't hear ringing, that's not theirs, God. We declare that only the word of the truth rings in their ears and no offset, off-balance, fluid problem will be there. We cancel it in Jesus' name. All dizziness and weakness in the body must go right now in Jesus' name. We break it in Jesus' name. Lingering pain in the area where you had broken bone. How we could declare right now healing in the bones right now that every bone will mend and all the marrow will flow and healing will pour into the body. Huh. If you're facing difficulties and you think you're trembling right now, let me tell you, God Almighty, Jesus Almighty, took your troubles to the cross. And we declare that we stand in that promise right now. We place all of our worries at your feet. In Jesus' name, all of the worry has to lift. Ho, oh, pressure in the head. Lift it up right now in Jesus' name. Someone with a blood disorder. Now you might be at home. Right now, we're gonna say if you're at home, Stand up and walk around. But we declare cancer has to kneel. Dizziness has to kneel. Every
every sickness in the body and in the cells has to kneel in Jesus name oh now I want you to wave your hand if you've had a difference whoa wave your hand if you feel a difference wave your hand if you know that Jesus has healed you and you can feel that now shout to the Lord Glory to God. Glory to God. Somebody may not have felt that. But that didn't stop Jesus because we felt anything or not. Thank you for being obedient. It's in our obedience that God active, is activated even more. This morning, my sweet sister came up on the stage and she began to just twirl the flags and you don't always know when you see that boldness for the flag to spin that sometimes in order to walk up and stand in front of everybody to do it, you have to break off the argument of the enemy that's telling you, I'm not good enough. I shouldn't be doing that. Did everybody see her spinning the flag? Would you say that she's good enough, that she's anointed? The Lord wants us to be in his presence, however he designs us to be. Whew, okay, all right. Je I'm talking about Jesus' encounter in his presence. Holy Spirit encounter in his presence. I wish that I was a better teacher. I wish that I was all these other things. But what's so weird is I'm like this really good mama. I was called to be a mama. So there are some things I'm going to say to you that's going to sound like mama's talking to you, and that's okay. That's how God designed me. And... And in all that design, God has something he wants to say to all of us. Jesus says, abide in me and I in you. This is John 15. The definition abide is to remain stable, be fixed, according to Merriam-Webster, to wait or await. And I like this little sentence that she put, in, that was put in the dictionary. And it just says, just to wait on the Lord. And I remember thinking, that's really sweet and simple. And that's, I can do that. Dwell, to hang around, to remain, stay, stick around, tarry. And all of those should meet some. I think that there is a word for every generation in that. Tarry, stay. You know, I used to say tarry. Some people say wait. But the main thing is the waiting. It's very difficult to understand. And what I'm saying, you've already heard it. But I want you to understand that waiting is important because sometimes we have to get past all the noise to get brave enough to do what God's saying and hear exactly what he's saying. John 15, 1 says, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will bear even more fruit. You are already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. Remain in me as I remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. That's a hard word. Truth of the matter is, 
I've spent probably most of my time trying to get stuff done because I just thought if I could ever measure up, I'd be good enough to be in church. I'd be good enough to come up and speak maybe once or twice. I've got something to say roaring inside of me. I've got, um, I'm probably not going to be good enough to maybe go to the nations or all those kind of things. When I kept hearing these words, you're going to go to nations. You're going to go. And I'm like, I'm not going to be quite good enough for that. Then I started to realize that it was not. And I think it was one morning I was in prayer with Phil and he started talking about the vine, the true vine. That's the true presence. When I allowed myself to understand that I needed to stay connected to the vine, then what happened is my thoughts started to change about Jesus. And as I tried, and I did try, my own physical trying to stay connected to God, I'd go turn on the music and I'd get in the room and I would pray. And I did all the religious stuff. And what I noticed is I felt presence of God. But it was, it was not strengthened because I wouldn't allow God to go deeper I never had time. I was too busy. With all the stuff I had to do, I couldn't get in the presence enough for the phone to stop ringing. Even when I was doing this message, the phone was ringing, the doorbells were going, and, and I said, man, when do I just break and just stop and just take the time? God, and I start to realize that I am always right there in this presence. He is always with me. He promised he would remain with me. Seven, verse 7 says, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, then ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. And we think of Jesus in a bottle. He's not one in a bottle because we have to remain in him to hear what it is the Father is saying for us to ask. This is my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing our, yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. My command is this, he said, if we keep his command, it is to love each other as I have loved you. One of the pieces that I think that God has given the generations of people who love God is that no matter how difficult things get on the earth or surrounding us, that we come together in love, that we stand in loving Long time ago, it could have been that you didn't wear the right clothes or whatever, and people meant well. They did what they knew to do. I'm not condemning because there are some neighborhoods where um, I remember growing up, it was the salvation for some of the young ladies that churches came along and taught us about modesty and helped us, you know, so there's never a complete complaint. But I want to alert you to a season that I believe that we're in. And that season is that the Holy Spirit is changing the wind around us. Holy Spirit is coming in and saying, 
I want you in a deeper place with me. I'm calling you to the deep. Whenever something like that happens, some very difficult things start to happen. We start recognizing that we are not maybe in the place with God that we thought. That we've allowed too much fear to come in and we've allowed too much worry to come in. That we have separated too far from our families. And we start to see God and hear him. And it starts to rub us sometimes the wrong way. Brothers and sisters will come in and, and we're a little bit annoyed with them right now. And, and we let it show. People will walk into a room that we don't think fit the status quo. And we will stand our ground against their presence. I believe this is the season where what God is doing is he is sending. And this is me, okay? He is sending his Holy Spirit in like a flood. There's like a tidal wave of it coming in. We've had it. Can't you feel it rising every week when you come in? Holy Spirit just rising and rising. And in it, no sin can stand. No disturbances can stand. Everything in us has to start shifting towards holiness. And we can no longer be what we were before. We will never be the same if we allow Holy Spirit to go deep and we let him pull out. All of our fame, all of our glory starts to yield to the Holy Spirit. And it changes everything. William J. Seymour says that the presence is living water. Pray, he says, praise God for the living waters today that flow freely. For it comes from God to every hungry and thirsty heart. Jesus said, he will, that believe on me, as the scripture has said, out of his innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. Then we are able to be the mighty name, be in the mighty name of Jesus to the ends of the earth and water and dry places, deserts and solitary places until these parched, sad, lonely hearts are made to rejoice in the God of their salvation. We want the rivers today. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. William J. Seymour in 1906 was responsible for starting the Pentecostal movement of Azusa Street. Now, this is where I get a little nervous, y'all, so I need you to bear with me. He did that during a time when there was a lot of racial tension. A lot. 30 or so years, we had just come out of slavery. And there was still a lot of hostility towards black people, back then maybe called colored people or a few other names. We watched this man... In retrospect, we're here now looking at what he did. And I have to tell you, I'd never heard of him in any of the churches that I grew up in until I came here. Today, Spring, did I hear his name even mentioned for such a powerful movement that split off Church of God in Christ, Assemblies of God, Church of God, uh, Church of God of Prophecy, all because one man laid himself before God for five hours a day to just be in the presence of God. Because sometimes the harder 
of the thing that you have to do, the more you have to lay yourself before God to receive. In this past year, I've seen much difficulty. Things that have come that have shaken people. My heart has been pretty sad. And if it wasn't for the presence of God, I would have had a very difficult time probably even remaining in this area. Now, I probably said this many times before because, you know, I tend to do that sometimes. I feel that way. But this was a hard season. People that I love so dearly didn't know how to respond to this season. When I look back and I think about the movement of the Holy Spirit, it doesn't care about color lines. It doesn't care about all the things that people care about. I want to implore you about a vision that I had. One night, I was really perplexed. And I just had had enough of people calling me and saying really rude things. I'm not going to put a little, um, I'm not going to dilly it and make it sweet. Just saying things that hurt my feelings and I had to breathe through it. Just assuming that they knew who I voted for, assuming that politics was the way to preach to me and tell me how to respond in this season. Tell me how in my neighborhood there, you know, we have abortion clinics and how black people um, are just angry and need to uh, wake up. And I know this is a hard word, so please bear with me. When I, I would go home, and I honestly have to tell you, I didn't come out. I didn't try to join a family group. I didn't try to get close to people. People invited me to just about everything, and I just stepped away. And the reason I said at that time was because in order to love everybody, I have to step away so that I can just be with God. So I turned off the news. I turned off. The, I looked at my movies. I made sure there were no commercials between. Whatever I did, I wanted to make sure I did not have this continual thing flowing through me. Not because I thought I would hate people, but because I was becoming so disappointed and it was so bombarding that I didn't know how else to come out of what I saw happening in my spirit. As I listened to African-American people who called me and said things like, how can you go to that church? Why are you there? Did you see what was posted on Facebook? How can people say things like that? And I knew that no matter how I responded on either side of things, there was no way. There was too much anger. And so I stayed silent. And I knew that I was called for such a season as this. Because when I was a young girl, I grew up in a black neighborhood. I didn't know there was a problem living in that neighborhood. It was fine until integration began. And when we integrated, all the storms started for me. That's when I started seeing shaking like this. When, so at the height of my concern, when I was the most perplexed, 
when I was to the point where I was getting angry, I just told God, okay, my kids are upset. They're out there with the protest. People are arguing. I can't go to work. I can't go to the store. I can't go anywhere. People are not responding to this hour. And I am part of Unity on Division. And I can't get them to gather around. What is going on in this hour, God? And of course, he, he heard me. But I was also offended. So I laid down one night and I just said, okay, God, what is it that you want to say? Melissa, could, guys, could you come up? What is it that you want to say, God? And I fell asleep and it seemed like I fell into this place where I could just see this smile. It was beautiful and it was the smile of my daughter, Nyrisa, who passed away nine years. And her smile was just radiant. And I remember just looking at that smile going, whoa, I have not seen that smile in such a long time. You're so beautiful. And all of a sudden, that smile turned to Jesus' smile. And it was the Lord, his smile. And I was so engulfed. And he began to take me up. And he began to just take me up. And as I began to come up with him, I just felt the peace of God. Just nothing holding my heart captive, no disappointment, no sadness, no nothing. And as he took me up, I started to see, look down and I could see people scattering. I saw protests going. I saw storms going. There was disease coming from pandemics. There was all kinds of things happening. But I could see all of that and Jesus' smile remained the same. When I look back in his smile, he wasn't worried. He was not worried. He looked down and he saw his children. His love was as powerful as it ever was. And I understood that he went into the earth at a time just like that when he stepped out of eternity and came down and there were Roman soldiers that were hanging people on crosses. And he stepped into chaos when his people were being held captive. I'm telling you, when we are in the presence of Jehovah, when we are in the presence of God, it doesn't matter about all those things. He lifted out of my heart the anger. He separated my heart from that. And he told me that if I will abide in him, if I will put my focus on him, if my heart looks to him, then I will remain in that contentment. Are you desiring to remain in a place of content with God? Can you lay down the religion of news, the religion of politics, all of these altars that have set themselves up? The word that God gave me for the two ladies was that I'm breaking agendas. I am tearing down agendas. And I saw Jesus in my vision with a whip and he was hitting books that had written agendas in them. Agendas designed. And Jesus' whip came across the pages. And blood went across those pages. And the blood blotted out the words that were written. Filled with agenda. And then the table broke in half. Let me tell you something. Sorry, I did not speak what I probably wrote down. 
But I want to encourage you that the words that we say when we do civil righteousness, one of the things I love about that, we go out and we set up a wall. We put words on our mouth like love one another or justice or hope, peace. And we tape our mouths shut and we just pray in the spirit with the word that God's given us. The reason I love that is because the power of God has the opportunity to minister into us. We have to listen because our mouth won't permit us to speak. And I've seen powerful things happen. I was asking, I've got one more thing. Dayspring and all the churches in the city are asked to come forward and have something to say about this hour. Why aren't you speaking? Why aren't you declaring? When I first came to Dayspring, one of the things I loved about this church was they were already involved in the community. They were already making a statement. They were already involved in unity on division. They were already coming around the people of God and declaring what is truth, what is life, and what we believe. You cannot get all of those words out once the storm starts because you're going to offend whoever you speak to. They're not going to be able to hear because of the heightened situation. For years I came to people and told them about the goodness of God, how we need to go to our, our representatives and write letters and tell them that there's injustices happening. We can't just wait till the storm starts and try to build a house because the wind will blow the house down. We need to start now building step by step, hearing what God is saying right now. And we can't do that in our own presence. I can't go to Phil and tell him everything God has for him because God made him. He has to spend time with the Holy Spirit so that he can hear from the God who created him. We all have to do that. If we stay in the presence of God, and I want to read one more scripture, and then I just want everyone to stand. Psalm 39, King David says, You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You're familiar with my ways. Before a word is on you, my, sorry, before a word is on my tongue, Lord, you know it completely. You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you're there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. I'm gonna stop there, but I wanna say that the only one who knows us enough to feed and minister into our heart is the one that we need to come before. We need to come before him 
and spend time in his presence or we will not hear the truth. Everything I just said to you without the presence and spirit of God will be. She's complaining about being a black person. One more complaint about slavery. One more complaint about this or that or the other. You will hear the bickering. But if you know that I love you, and I do, if you know that I'm here because God sent me here to be a voice in this hour, when my phone is ringing and people are calling me saying, how do I respond? It does my heart good. I don't know all the answers except to know that to invite you into the presence of Jesus so you can lay down all of your preconceived notions so that we can be able to walk together because the command is if we love one another, then we are in Jesus. We are in the vine and together we are in the vine. So you may see me as a black lady who's talking to you about black stuff. I'm exactly who you see. And that's who I'm supposed to be. Because for this hour, I was set here before you. So that if you are struggling in this season with things concerning racism, then I am here for that purpose. And I can't deny it anymore. I've tried walking calmly and being polite and listening to things that break my heart. But I did that because Jesus did that for me. And because he loves me so much, he gave his life that I love him so much, I give my life. But I'm not very good about it, you know, I kind of bicker a little bit, but I am trying to be everything God has asked me to be so that I can represent him well in this matter of the races. So if you ever have questions and you want to, please come to me and ask. I didn't read everything I was had to, and I'm not saying that what I'm saying is represented by Dayspring. I am saying is represented from what God has shown me in my heart, that this is an area that the bride's gown is taunted. It needs cleaning. I want one more thing, and that is, I don't know if we have time to show the video real quick before. Could you guys give me just one second? I want, uh, Debbie, can you show that video? One of the pieces that really struck my heart was Heidi Baker. Heidi Baker went into another country. She was called out. She went to a country where all the skin pretty much is dark skin, darker than me even, where there's mud and there's all kinds of crud out there. And she decided to be in the mud with people. I heard a lady tell me when I was in South Africa, she said, I'm never going on a trip with Heidi Baker ever again. Because when I went with her, there were people using the bathroom outside. There was mud, and that's where they had their places to sleep. And she said, this is the real mission field. And I thought to myself, what kind of heart had to transform her to go out there, to be with the people she didn't know and minister in love? And it's because she stays before the presence of God, and God told her. So she had power and authority to do it. Could you play the video? Hey, this has been the Thank hardest you, 18 months of my entire life. Yeah. I've been, it's been the hardest time. There have been pastors martyred. Tens of thousands of people's homes wiped out in the floods. Just devastation, all kinds of sickness, slander, disease, um, 
all these things have come against us, you know, floods and cyclones and starvation and pain and mm. beyond what I could describe to you, Shaba. But as I focused on his face, as mm. I focused on the face of Jesus, Jesus. he said, Heidi, I want Jesus. you to count it all joy. Jesus. I want you to count it all joy, whatever it is Jesus. you go through. I want you to count it joy. I want you to fix your eyes, Shaba, because he said it was for the joy set before him he endured the cross. Wow. I'm not a fluffy, puffy minister. I'm not yeah. just, people think, you know, you're just snockered all the time. I know what it is to give my life, mm. and I know what it is to give it every day, and I know what it is to face darkness and death and starvation and look into the face of famine and laugh because my God's big enough. And if he says, feed 100,000, it's like, yes, God. You know, he said, he'll say anything, and you just say yes. Mm. So I'm not talking some fluffy, puffy, whatever. Uh -huh. I'm talking about real Christianity 101. Yeah. You know, yeah. hey, it's staying in the presence it's and what, loving him. That's what we need to oh. get back to. Christianity 101. <laughs> it's the foundation. Yeah. I don't want to go to, I don't want to, whatever, advanced something, you know, soberness. What is, how is that advancing anything? Yes, I face dying. Yes, I face incredible suffering. But it's like I face him every day and it's mm. okay. It's okay. He makes it, he makes himself so present that mm. you're just like, to say anything, Jesus. Hey, yeah. to say anything, Jesus, I'll follow you. Mm. Nothing, no, no price is too great. Mm. No, nothing you go through is too hard. Mm. It's yeah. like he's been challenging me. Yeah. In the midst of great suffering, yeah. count it all joy. Yeah. Look to the prize, mm. Christ Jesus. Mm. Look to the prize, wow. bringing them home to the Father's house. Yeah. Hundreds and hundreds of thousands of them home to Papa's house. Look into the face of one dying child transformed by the glory of God. Mm. Why would I ever think it's hard? Mm. Mm. Why would I ever say it's hard, it's beautiful? Just look into the one face. Wow. Hey. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Wow. That's beautiful. <laughs> That's the heart of God. Hey, That's he's my everything. <laughs> he's my everything. Yeah. He's my everything. Mm. Mm. So I'm glad to be here with you. I'm glad you're here, honey. Shaba. I am. I just I wanted am. to get the hey in there because I like that. See this that was so good. Isaiah 58 says, is this the fast I've chosen a day for a man? And this is what God gave me at the beginning before the pandemic started. Is this the, the fast that I've chosen a day for a man to deny himself, to bow his head like a reed and spread out sackcloth and ashes? Will you call this a fast and a day acceptable to the Lord? Isn't this the day, isn't this the fast that I've chosen for you? To break the chains, could everybody stand? to break the chains of wickedness, to untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free and tear off every yoke. Isn't it to share your bread with the hungry, to bring the poor and homeless into your home, 
to clothe the naked when you see him and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood. Then your light will break forth like the dawn and your healing will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. He's always present. Now when we get, it's like somebody coming to my house and I just ignore them. Will we walk with him? Will we invite him in? I want everybody to just take a deep breath. Breathe in Holy Spirit. Breathe out all the concerns of the day. All the preconceived things. Speculation. Sorrow. Disappointment. right here if you have to go pick up your children I understand but if you can just stay right here for a moment have desire to grow deeper and closer to God, if your heart is longing for clarity in an hour when it seems so many things are unclear, can we have the prayer team come up if you could? I know it's getting late, so I would like to invite you, and I'm going to give several altar calls for anyone who would like to come up and have prayer. I don't want you to walk out and not get this. You know, I can feel when I stayed to the course and I did not, I didn't read my 200 pages. But I believe that it was very important that I hear what the Lord was saying about this hour. This week started the George Floyd um, trial. He was the one that was killed when a police officer put his knee in the neck. The concern with some people that things will just turn chaotic and become a difficulty for the races again. I am asking that we will take the time and saturate ourselves in the presence of God so that we will be able to stand 
the wiles of the enemy in this season and not get caught up in the drama or the news, but be caught up in the spirit of God. So if your heart has been hearing words of men and not, and not the presence of God in this hour, if for any reason you feel like your heart has any offense, disappointment, discouragement, we have the altars open right now so that you can break those things and let go of them. God intends for us to love one another and that's the peace that needs to remain. We cannot be caught in hate. The world sees us and they should see Jesus. And if we don't know Jesus right now, that is the answer. It's what my son saw when he was standing there listening to the presence of God. So during this time, I want to invite you, if you have need healing, if you didn't feel that you had complete healing today, I don't want you to walk out of this door, come on up and receive healing. If you want to know more about the presence of God, if you just need the presence of God deeper, come up and receive prayer because you're going to need it in this hour. If you can declare the authority of the kingdom of heaven is pressing deeper in your heart to do something, to activate in this season, I declare a boldness over you and I ask you to come forward and receive prayer. If there's anybody who still needs prayer and you feel like your heart just, you know, there's something you need prayer for, please feel free to come up. We want to make sure we don't miss any heart. I would say be equipped in this season. Be equipped. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. share what happened with your ankle um, actually it was my knee but um, I um, have had problems with uh, my left and my right knee uh, for I mean it's been a long time I it's been swollen actually since July of last year and um, so anyway I it was really hurting this morning I drive a stick shift and so I was pushing in the clutch a lot and 
you know, it really got inflamed. And so, um, you know, I was limping walking in and I walked in right as you were asking people to walk around the room. And I was walking around the room, got here just about to the stage and you said, left and right knee be healed. I felt it immediately. <laughs> so it is, yeah, it's better. <laughs> awesome. If the Lord healed you today or he's continuing to heal your body, really encourage you. We want to hear these testimonies and then share it with the family. You know, we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. We're so excited what God's doing in this house. We just bless each and every one of you just to go out and... Uh, spread the word of God. I, I tell you, this is there's never been a greater time than to follow that last command that Jesus gave us to go, to declare. He said he'll find us working when he returns. You know, he's going to take care of how everything walks out, whatever works out. So many things happening in our nation right now. But a word was given today and we can receive it. That in overwhelming circumstances, I believe that we have to be overwhelmed by his presence. There is an invitation for the Lord to carry us up into higher places so that we can see his perspective. How many know that what's happening in this nation, that Jesus continues to smile, he continues to be full of joy, and he's inviting us to participate with him in that. So bless you guys. We encourage you just to spend some time fellowship with each other. God bless you. Be blessed.
will I